Welcome to the Rest On Mission podcast, a sacred space to explore and reflect on how to find balance in an unbalanced world. You'll hear practical strategies, funny anecdotes, and inspiring testimonies of how to build a sustainable and missional life. Thank you for tuning in. On Mission podcast. Uh, my name is Josh Wisebrod. I'm the lead pastor of Banner Church, and we're excited that you're joining us here on this first discussion that we're doing. And uh, I thought, man, who better to be our very first discussion than my mom? Because I figured you'd be the nicest to me uh, of, of anyone. But I mean, all, all kidding aside, I was thinking through what we're talking about and what we're believing for here on the Rest on Mission podcast and some of the stuff we've talked a lot about, mm-hmm. and I thought it'd be fun to have you come do this. So I know uh, that you're doing this because you love me, so I'm very <laughs> thankful for that. But I also think you have so much experience and you have so much wisdom that I think can really speak to kind of right here, right now, and what mm-hmm. people are going through. So... Uh, welcome, Sheila Wisebrod, incredibly uh, talented counselor, therapist, mom, great cook, all of these things, but incredible leader mm-hmm. and uh, man in so many facets. So yeah, I'm glad you're here. Why don't, because most people might, you know, people listening, they might not know about you. Why don't you tell a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do in a professional capacity beyond being uh, the world's greatest mom and being an incredible uh, prayer ministry leader and uh, spiritual juggernaut, all of those other things. What do you do professionally, um, individually? Yes, because there are some things people that know Banner Church may not know about me in this way. Um, first of all, even though I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Arizona, this is just psychoeducational information. We're just chatting about things. None of this is meant sure, to be therapy, yeah. yes. right? So we'll say that right off the bat. This isn't going to be um, group um, support or no, therapy nor, nor dynamics. Is this therapy for me right now. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so well. these are ideas we're bringing to the table to expand our. Um, thoughts and thinking of how we can be helpful for ourselves and for other people um, that perhaps we minister to on the topic of resilience. So how did I get started there? Um, My undergrad was in um, educational ministries of the church. And when I was serving in church, it didn't take too long to recognize there were some unhealthy patterns. And so I just mentioned that one pastor that we'll be vague about, but the theory was um, when something went wrong, you just got down on your knees, you prayed, and when you were ready to forgive or you're ready to move on to whatever happened to you, then you could get up and go on. And when I saw that be... um, ineffective or not helpful to people and potentially harmful and hurtful to people, that I think God has a better intention for the church to show up in people's life in a more helpful way. So Mm -hmm. that's how I ended up back in grad school um, to get my master's in um, counseling psychology. So the first step was in children's, uh, a children's clinic. And um, that is where I learned an awful lot about resiliency mm-hmm. because it's assumed that children need to be trained and taught in this. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing about the first key, I think, about being a resilience is no one's born with it. Yes, there are some temperaments that perhaps um, pick it up easier, but sure. no one's born with it. Sure. It's a skill we all must learn. Sure. So in working with children, most of them were um, in and out of foster homes, and many of their parents had also been in and out of foster Mm -hmm. care. So these were children that the belief system was just, these kids need more skills to navigate life than what they have. The belief system of... Um, Why they were coming to you? Yes. Okay. Yes. Parents accepted it that um, their children needed additional um, resources to skills to um, navigate the world that they were living in, Hmm. right? So that is um, where I started. Yeah, yeah. like young kids, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Three to, as long as starting with verbal, but about okay. three to 17. When yeah. you were when you were working with young kids, was the idea of um, emotional resilience, was that talked about or was it just kind of this subheading 
under everything you're doing was like make these kids uh-huh. be able to function like I don't know function not be I don't know I want to say like as somebody who operates in that system of foster and adoptive yes. it's like sometimes it's like help make these kids not a problem you know or you know what I mean like don't help them not do crimes or, mm-hmm. you know I'm not trying mm-hmm. to overspeak because again like we're involved in that system like, right we're right involved in that system right now yes uh so I'm not trying to like put down the the system, but I was just curious, like, is that even on the radar for kids in that mode of like emotional resilience? It is for therapists. Okay. It is for teachers, uh, some parents, but there's a gap between those um, spaces of operation, right? So it might be day to day. Parents just want the kid to cooperate, get up, get dressed for school and attend school. The big picture That's fair. might I mean, be I want that yes, for my kids. yes. The big picture <laughs> might be um, how can they excel at school? Mm, what are what yeah. steps here? They're here, and so this is um, an interesting step. Instead of saying what's wrong with that kid, we say whoa, what has happened to that kid? Sure, kiddo, that um, results in this behavior. Hmm. And when you start there, then you can say, oh, they haven't had the structure at home that says we're respectful to people. I mean, fill in the blanks, right? Or even that we um, do homework, right? Or that we read. Sure, totally, yeah. So when you have that structure, then that's bigger picture, helping kids be resilient. Mm. But overall, if kids are having um, problems in venues, whether it's school, daycare, um, that is not being able to meet the demands on their life. And that takes us to, you had asked about what's the definition when we're talking about resilience. What do we even mean by that? Yeah, I think... I'd love to maybe have you summarize because I want to introduce this idea of emotional resilience because I don't necessarily think that's something people think about often. I mean, some some people working with kids, teens, you know, adults, they might think about resilience or emotional resilience, but I that's not necessarily a term. I mean, to be honest, I hadn't heard that term utilized until you had kind of brought that up to me about emotional resilience and what that is and mm-hmm. obviously your world that's why you yes. all the time but yes yeah, if you have a good definition for what that is yes um the american psychological association says it's the process and outcome of successfully adapting to challenges life experiences and adjusting to demands Mm. I actually shortened that because there was a lot more words that I sure. thought was unnecessary. Sure. Yeah. I think in layman yeah. terms, we'd say it's learning to utilize resources, strengths, and skills whenever there's a setback. Okay. Right? That seems like a more working sure. definition. Okay. There are going to be setbacks in life. And we'd also talked about that, is that's a belief system that if you're not, if you haven't been told that or taught that, mm. Uh, many people have a working belief system that nothing uh, bad will befall them in their whole life. And so when something happens, yeah. they don't have that emotional resilience to be like, oh, I, okay, I knew this was going to be happening, or I knew this was a possibility, yeah. and I know what to do about it, right? I've already gained the skills. And so they go back to their, whatever you want to call it, tool belt, toolbox, their resources. Yeah, and they're like prepared to deal yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm always curious because you, I think you work most, you were, do you still work with young adults? I know you were working with like mm-hmm. young adults and that kind of things. This idea of emotional resilience, like we've talked many times about that, about, and, and I, I've even wrestled this with myself, but there is this sense, and I'm curious if you have an idea of my, where this came from. That was like, mm-hmm. everything should be going well for you all the time. And if it's and and it's there's not even like a and if it's not da, 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 it's just like there's this baseline mm-hmm. like did we watch too many Disney movies like I don't know like <laughs> what did we grow up with it was like the fruit of capitalism I don't know it's like what gave us this idea yeah. that like everything should be good for you all the time yeah and uh, and when it's not because we know immediately that's not true yeah. it feels like you know I don't indict anybody except myself right it's like we kind of get thrown into these spaces of like what the heck? You know, like we're upset or discouraged or 
mm-hmm. over the place. Mm-hmm. Where, where, I don't know, if, you're, if you thought about like, where does this come from and where does this generate within us? Yes, I have. I think it's a variety of places because we could say society at large, but it's almost like among more privileged. Not every young person has this. Um, it can be, you're saying Disney movies, but yeah, it can be something that's not real life. Sure. And it can also be from parents. And we don't mean to um, bash parents at all, but we're just no. saying sometimes we pass on this message unmeaning that your life is always going to be um, fine. And in a Christian setting, maybe we can be mindful of this to not get in that um catch of a belief system where if your life isn't going good, well, what have you done? Mm. Right? What's the matter? What do you mean, what have you done? Like, like have you it? sinned? Oh, okay. Or, yeah, yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. And it says, no, just, in fact, I wrote down, um, why is it important to talk about? Because trauma, stress, et cetera, will happen. And then I wrote that trauma, stress equals life. That's just mm. life. Things okay, are going to happen. Explain that a little bit. When you say well, trauma... Well, there's things happening in our lives that are way out of our control. And so this idea that it's always going to be okay, or it's always going to be, you were alluding, sure. really, really good or perfect or something, yeah. since there's no perfect. Sure. Um, at least ideal. Ideal, yeah. right. Um, there are going to be at least some speed bumps, roadblocks, you know, maybe not disasters or traumas, sure. right? That might be not true for everyone, but at least some disappointments that people are going to need to learn to or would benefit from learning from um, how are they going to deal with that when it happens, right? So the belief system is, well, I don't need that because that's for people that stuff happens to, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. instead of saying, um, hey, this stuff happens to everybody. And that helps us be more compassionate to people who are going through stuff too, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I'm, I'm interested on that because I, you know, when I think emotional resilience, you know, there's a sense of like toughness in it, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, I think we live in this very unique space now where it's like, you know, what is toughness or, or, or this idea of being resilient is meaning it can like, it, it can be under pressure, right? Right. Bounce so, back under yeah, pressure. Yeah, bounce yeah. back and, and those kind of things. And this idea of things being out of control, I, I feel like I really saw that in the the primary years when, when the COVID, COVID mm-hmm. pandemic and all that was happening is no matter where people fell on a spectrum of beliefs about the things that were happening or not happening, there was kind of this idea that so much was out of our control. And you really saw people respond in some wild ways to maybe the reality that things are out of their control. Like I, I saw people, you know, just on the side of tragic loss, like really view death as almost if it was like a failure of science versus just like part of this profoundly broken world that we live in. Yeah. And obviously there's a lot of reasons for that. So I'm not, I'm not putting anything down or saying to respond to death or tragedy is, is, is bad or, or anything like that. I'm not trying to inject into that space. But there's, you know, a lot of people who weren't even facing those effects, but were still like seemingly seeing things so profoundly out of their hands. And they were responding by, in my opinion, like it was like their whole world was shattered. And then it was like they almost like gave up on uh, on life because it was like, oh, my gosh, well, the world is just so broken. And it's like, it's like, well, I feel like it, it's really all, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to be like negative, but it, I had, did you notice that as somebody who was counseling during that time? Have yes. you seen yes. how has that maybe changed or what was it like before mm-hmm. then? Like what, if you, I mean, obviously you can't do case study, right? Right. Yeah. Right. It was right. like during just, and then after, yeah. like, what was that? Cause I think this plays a lot into this generation. If someone's listening, mm-hmm. they live right through this. Exactly. Um, unless yeah. this pops up in someone's search history in like 20 years, <laughs> but then, you know, they probably walk yeah, through it. Yeah. Well, going way back, if you, I think about in the 80s and 90s in church, counseling wasn't even accepted. So, like, um, this idea of Christian counseling centers like we have now. Sure. I mean, through Arizona, there's some really good, I'd say, I'm an independent worker, but there's some really good Christian counseling centers and many Christian counselors out on their own that 
um, people can seek out to match their belief system when they um, have things they sure. want to gain skills in. Um, and that hasn't always been true. So when we came up to then the pandemic, I think we saw people go two different ways. Mm. Either they're thinking, well, I would have never gone to counseling. However, this is an extreme situation. Sure. Because, and many people were saying, gosh, who doesn't need counseling? Adjusting to the losses we're going through. And then other people were more um, like, I think what you're alluding to is, did some people just give up? And my concern is, yes, but they're not the ones I saw in counseling because they, they gave up. Coming. Yeah, which is right? cool. yeah, the man. people that were committed to coming, yeah, yeah to counseling, wherever they, um, whatever they were experiencing, sure. they um, didn't have that point of view. I think that you're you're talking about, yeah, sure. But overall, maybe not giving up, but let's talk about emotional resilience. Well, I actually have a question before we get there. I don't want to like indict anything, you know, because this isn't really the point is talking about the church, but. Like you mentioned a couple of times, like the church in the 80s, the church in the 90s, very anti-counseling. It was like, just pray and get over it and move on. Yes. Like as a pastor, that's always, I think, a journey for me is like we pray and believe for God to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like we believe in health and continued health. So, I mean, we send people to Christian counselors. Like how, how you know, let's say somebody who's like, there's so many people, so many great opinions, uh, but someone would say to you, like, how do you reconcile both things? Like, okay, you're the leader of our prayer ministry at our church that prays for people to be healed. Mm -hmm. And they come to you and say, I'm wrestling with depression. And we've seen people be be radically instantaneously healed, right? But also, we have a counseling list that we refer people. Isn't that that competing? There's a tension there, isn't there? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) There's a tension to say... Can both of those things be true? And it's, I'd say that's just because where I come from, I'd say prayer is always first for the a person of faith. But it's also a component to healing for people. So oftentimes people come and they're asking the question, should I do, this is a different hot topic maybe yeah, yeah. for Christians, medication or not medication. They asked me what I'm for. I said, I'm for, for whatever you need for sure, your yeah. healing. And I appreciate you so, saying that to this podcast. Right. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, but good. make, no, make whatever yeah. it is, medication, whatever, one, one, um, point of mm. your recovery, okay. right? Of your healing. So yes, pray, be in um, contact with other believers, attend worship, go to church, have a small group, you know, all the things I'm going to say. Sure, yeah. um, get some physical exercise, get some sleep, eat well, lower your caffeine, um, try to do without drugs and alcohol. I mean, you know, all those things sure. along with your medication, right? So just to say that, it's that is an also another tension, right? Yeah. People are going to say, which one thing should I do? Sure. And I'm going to say, yes. Yeah. Those and things. I, I think that's a lot of what we are trying to put forth in the podcast is like, we're very much a fad fix culture, mm-hmm. which I think goes to our resilience. It's like, no, fix it for me now. And yes. It's like, but we've gotten to the point where like eating good food is called dieting. It's like, why isn't it just called right. eating? Right. It's right. like, we have right. these fad fixes, right. For everything. Um, but I think with, I think that's usually the rub with emotional health is like, and we would maybe talk about mental health or mental wellness. I know you really. I would like to say wellness. Say wellness. Why yes. do you say mental wellness? Yes. Because every time I bring up mental health, you always say mental wellness, and so yes. I've started saying it. Someone's like, "Why do you say that?" I say, "Well, my mom's a therapist, and she said it, and I feel like <laughs> and she's listening if I say it." But you had you gave me a very specific reason why. Yes. Mental wellness is where we want to go. Okay. And so just general population, I think when people say mental health, they're thinking, just from my experience, Generally. diagnoses. Oh, What's okay. the diagnosis? How bad is it? You know, pathological, let's say. When I say mental wellness, what I'm hoping for, praying for, is that everyone learn to take the steps to be mm. mentally well, mm, not just yeah. without a diagnosis, right? Yes. Not without, but sure. with health, okay. right? 
So then we've seen now, I mean, I, again, probably even my, your generation, my generation, right? Like your generation grew up, it's like no therapy. It's like, suck it up. Right. It's just, yes. You know, just generations of like, just deal with it and make it happen. Which I think grit is good. I'm pro grit. Yes. But that probably wasn't the manifestation of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like putting on a baseball uniform doesn't make you a baseball player. Just saying grit doesn't necessarily make you a mentally strong person. Um, the but now I feel like we've swung totally the other side. Agreed. Right. Agreed. I mean, yes. I I would say even yes. like post COVID, I see that. I don't know. Have you seen? Maybe I don't want to exaggerate it. You're gonna have the experience to say yes, but I feel like the opposite. Like I saw someone the other shirt, like the other day, walk around with a shirt on that had like a, what I would call the diagnosis, and it was like a branding now. And I was like, are we? Are, that feels the opposite of like yes, boys don't cry. It's yes. like yes. we have we are like bottling their tears and selling them at Bed Bath and Beyond. Like it's like so far the other way now. Yes, I'll add even more historical context because. My parents, German farmers in Kansas, there were no emotions at all. Sure. Right? Depression? Sure. No. I don't know. <laughs> Very little. If there was any Depending emotions. How many potatoes they brought in. Yes, yeah, yes. Um, Fair. Fair. So, working way through generations is talking about a pendulum swing, right? Is no emotions. Oh, it's okay to have emotions. Let's have emotions. Yeah. Emotions are the only thing that matter. I'm mm-hmm. being. Yeah exaggerating this point and so now resilience i think is very important to say yes emotions matter but they don't rule us Mm. right that's what resiliency says i may have a big emotion over something someone says that doesn't mean i need to say what i'm feeling out loud (laughs) right it doesn't mean i need to monologue every feeling i have about everything I see in the day. Sure. Right? So getting that um, perspective back to health. Mm-hmm. Yes, we God designed us with emotions. Yeah. I mean, we're created yeah. and everyone's different, right? We have emotions. And with that as the truth, I think it's more beneficial for everyone than to say, um, how do we best learn then how to manage them with each other? Mm-hmm. Because... Once people, sometimes this happens when people come to counseling, and I'm talking just in general terms, um, whatever they've learned, they think they need to share with everybody, and everybody needs to make that change. Mm. And sometimes their friends and family members are like, whoa. Sure. Right? So it may be um, healthy for them, but it doesn't mean their emotions are ruling them and their family just because they know what they are. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it makes sense. I think that that ties into so much about identity and, and names and labels that all of culture is trying is trying to find. Mm-hmm. I'm a blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and you know that's not to put anybody down who's who's walking through that, but to say like, I think mm-hmm. that lives within the same tension. Like people are picking all these titles and brands and names, and so yeah. if someone says yeah. like, I'm you know, if you struggle with with anger or something and that's that's maybe a a weak a weak point for you is is processing and dealing with that maybe it comes out of a good place right of like i have a strong sense of justice Mm -hmm. but that translates to like i yell when that justice turns their anger and And i cry and i scream right you know it's like (laughs) yeah yeah, it's like oh okay that might be the point it's not that that emotion or even that personality trait is necessarily deficient Mm -hmm. right or broken or unhealthy it's like, what am I, what am I doing with that? But going back to this idea of resilience, I, I'm always fascinated just as a pastor when I travel and I see like believers around the world. It's interesting because like believers in the church are, are suffering and believers globally are suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll go to places where we could objectively say, I think they're suffering more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They way more poverty way more illness, way more war and brutality. Not way more things we don't not, want to talk about. Not that it doesn't happen yeah. here. But I mean, like, hopefully, you know, anybody listening is like, at least globally aware yes. of like the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the believers are so happy. Yeah. They're like, so, yeah. they're so, they're so like emotionally well tuned 
I guess I would say, you know, and, yeah. and I'm always curious, like, what is that? Then we come back here and it's like, you know, it's just there. I feel like we're spiraling almost, you know, or we're not resilient. It's like something happens that just shuts us down for like, mm-hmm. I'm saying us, I'm not like indicting anybody, but you right, know what right. I mean, right? Like yes. I meet with people constantly mm-hmm. and it's just like something happened and it just shut them down for like a week. They just, they're so, or they exploded or they, right. You know, it's just like, what is going on, you know? And it feels like there isn't that sense of resilience here. It's like, but we serve the same God. And there was this part of Christianity that was so missional at one point in history and still is globally, where it's like, man, these Christians just get the crud kicked out of them and they just keep going. Now, there's the unhealthy part where it's like, don't hug your kids. Like, that's not what we mean by keep going. Just, <laughs> right, you know, right. like, but it was like, man, they are still like just worshiping and, go, you know, and I'm like, what? what's missing? That's a big, that's a big yes. thought. But I, just yes. like, I don't know. I'm like, I wrestle through that all the time. And as someone who's meeting, especially with the next generation, it's like, what what is it that we're seeing now when it comes to that kind of resilience? It is so different from maybe our like global friends mm-hmm. and brothers and sisters. Yeah, when you said what's missing, my equal thoughts were, do you mean what's missing there or what's missing here? Here. Yes, because what's missing there is in a concept of individuality, right? Mm. They've got great community. When I mean, they might go through great traumatic cultural trauma um, in their area, national trauma, let's say, and they just still keep going, right? Yeah. It's that attitude of we're all in it together. Sometimes, if we're making that division in the States, I think people feel like if I'm going through something, I'm all on my own. Sure, Mm. I may have a community, but they're not going through this with me. I'm going through it. So it feels a little bit more isolating. And that um, detracts from emotional resilience, right? Sure. Yeah. Because you're by yourself. Yes. Or uh, presumed to be by yourself. Exactly. It feels that way. And it feels very likely that I feel like a lot of people are. Yeah. So it's like, to their credit, they might not be wrong. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's a lot of people who go through your life alone, work from home and on on social media all day. And it's just plugging into this idea that like, you're not enough. You're not getting what you want. You're not getting, and so man, it just drains our brain. And then by the end of the day, it's like emotionally, it's harder, you know, to connect and then you're by yourself. So, so this idea of emotional resilience, you know, if I'm, if someone's listening or, or, or watching, I forget if they're watching too. uh, And they were saying, how do I know if I'm emotionally resilient? Like what's our, what's, how do you know that this is, uh, I'm going to say this and then you can just correct me. How do I know if like, I'm not, if I have low emotional resilience, I mean, Mm -hmm. is that just a thing? Like, it's just, I don't know, like height, you're just born with it and that's, you have what you have. Like, how do I even know if, okay, two questions. It's like, how do I know if I have it? One. Mm -hmm. And is that something I can affect? Two. Okay. I would start by saying Every adult has some level of it because if you're out in the world and living the adult life, you're adulting, you have some resilience, right? But again, it's not a personality deficit. It's just a matter of gaining a skill. And that's important, I think, that people hear. It's not a deficit. Say something happens and in their mind or... Unfortunately, they're told they've overreacted or they didn't handle it well. Um, That just means, again, not a personal indictment, just means they need more skills. Let's gain more skills. So if we take it from being um, a deficit to just needing to skill build, that that changes things, right? So how do we know we have it? The ability to bounce back from a situation, to problem solve. What does bouncing back look like? Uh, different for everyone. I'm trying to think of an example that would be, let's say, often transitions are difficult for people. No, no, no. That's fine. You could. That's okay. Okay, sorry. Say that again. Transition. A transition. I'm thinking um, for a child, it might be you're going to a. There's a birthday party planned. You're already. And this happened a lot the last few years, right? <laughs> and someone gets sick and it had to be canceled. Sure. And yes. maybe the child loses it for a day. They're just 
inconsolable, yes. right? That was going to happen. Yeah. We were going to go to that bouncy park thing, mm-hmm. right? For an adult, it might be we were going to that concert. We had waited for months or a year for that concert, and it got canceled, and they're devastated, mm-hmm. right? But for like a long time. Yes, for yes. a long time. So problem solving, bouncing back, all those things might say, um, I'll use the kid example because that seems less intimidating and it might be more parent driven, right? <laughs> sure. Um, they'd say, yeah. okay, well, that can't happen today, but what can happen? Sure. We've got these hours set aside. Let's call Johnny and see if we can go to the water park instead of the other thing we're going to do for the birthday. And... Um, you know, what can we do instead? It's okay to be disappointed, sure. but redirect, right? For the adult, it might be like, I know we can get our cash back for those tickets, but I'm not. I'm holding on to mine. It's communication, mm-hmm. sure. right? Um, I'm not. So you tell your friend group, I am planning on going. Like, who's in with me? Mm-hmm. And when it, and when it's a go, we're all yeah. going, right? Yeah. And what are we going to do the day it's canceled? Let's um, get together and play our favorite songs. I'll make tacos, whatever. You get the idea, right? So you problem solve because nothing's going to fix the disappointment or what didn't happen. You can still manage your way through it. Sure. Right? Right. And I I think that 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 bouncing back, to be honest, like, that's something I'm trying to teach my kids because as somebody who works with people, I, I see that all the time where so, you know, something will happen and it's a big deal, but it's like, he'll be like, I'm just going to be mad about this. I'm going to be upset. Mm-hmm. And this is my thing. I'm in there for a while. And like, you're almost afraid to say anything because it's like culturally they've earned the right to be non-resilient. And so like mm-hmm. y- every time you come around them, you kind of have to make like an orbit a little bit closer to them to be like, is it okay to now see if you want to hang or something? You know, it's like, because if you like, push too close they're like how you're so insensitive you're like i don't know like what you know what i mean like humans don't come with like a spreadsheet on how many you know like how long you know to to grieve this or be involved with this or right you know it's like i just we just want to be supportive of that but it's almost become like people want you to validate non-resilience like to celebrate Mm -hmm. non-resilience almost like that is its own thing and so the more that you allow somebody to be even in unhealthy places, it's like the more empathetic you are. But it's like, all right, but I, I love mm-hmm. you. I want to see, like my kids, like, I, again, I don't want to die any humans, but like my kids, like, you know, they've been going through this because it seems like the secondary operating mode for every human being right now is to just be incredibly flaky. But my kids mm-hmm. don't know that and we're very committed people. So if we yeah. say it, we do it. And so my kids grow up with that. They're not used to everybody else who, like, if they say it, they might do it. And so the day of a thing, constantly, they'd be like, oh, well, you know. And my kids are crushed. Yes. And so then I have to, then I'm trying to read, like, okay, no, you know, I'm trying to encourage them. And Lucy used to really struggle with this, but she's gotten much better. But I've noticed it comes not so much from, like, a bounce back place, but from a, like, place where she's a person of her word. You said you'd do it. You should do it. She has a justice piece in yes, her too. Which I yeah. have, so it works for me. Yeah. But it's like trying to teach her how mm-hmm. to come back from that. Hey, you know what? That didn't happen. Hey, yeah. you know what? Like they, that person said that thing. Hey, you know what? Like mm-hmm. you're frustrated or like you're really excited, but we need to be, we need to be patient because you know, we got to wait, you know, like learning to, to yeah. manage that. Yeah. Um, because I want her as an adult to not have people walking on eggshells around her and be like, oh my gosh, like it's just kind of like, Let's hope nothing bad happens because, you know, yeah. so. I think you answered part of your question, which is to be able to say, whether it's a child or an adult, hey, I understand you're frustrated. I, It's okay for you to be disappointed about that. When you're ready to talk about what can happen instead, let me know, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because... They, the person going through it kind of needs to set that tone because we don't want to be those, whether it's parenting or just a friend, we don't want to be those people that are kind of like, can you get over that? So my day's not ruined (laughs) because I'd really like to get on with it. Yeah. That's just mean spirited. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So it's, it's not something we have like a predetermined quality of, so to speak. It's a, it's a, a trade, a tool. It's something we grow in. Yes. So how, how do we do, how do we do that? How do we grow 
in emotional, you know, I'm a listener. I'm like, I want to grow in emotional resilience. Yes. Uh, I wrote down three areas that I think would be good for us to talk about because the first thing is the mind. Okay. If we're resilient in the mind, I think the next two will fall in line. Sure. And God designed us this way again, mm. right? He's given us a sound mind. Some some versions say discipline. Mm. And I don't want people to think, oh, they just got a strong will it. But um, this idea of if you can retrain the mind, and many people don't know that that's an option or that that's possible. So maybe that's new for some people today. Like Whatever you're thinking that is a cycle or a circle, you said spiraling spiraling earlier, um, you can redirect that, Mm. right, to positive thinking. Okay, in your mind. Yeah, Philippians. 4.8 is that list of worthy things, right? Then he says, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Mm-hmm. So again, we don't want to be too like Christianese, like, oh, sure. whatever you're going through, just, you know. But you get the idea. Like if we think more positive in a healthy way, that sets us off in the right direction. If we keep repeating in our minds... Sure. Um, and sometimes people say in their minds things they would never say out loud. Yeah, but in usually, their minds yeah. take a pretty big beating, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, over and over. So stopping that mm. first and then start putting in positive things. So when I think the mind, it can be listening to positive things, sure. minimizing yeah. things around you that are not positive, And everyone needs to decide what that is. Yeah, right? I... I I still remember all the music that you hated me listening to when I was younger. <laughs> and now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, like you go back in time, you're like, why was I so angry? And then you like listen to the CD and it's like, da, 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 da. you're like, oh, that's why. Because, it was, and again, I'm not putting down anybody who's in a band like that. I'm just influenced by it. Regardless of the lyrics underneath the deep thing, we're like, Jesus is special. Whatever it was, I don't know what was happening. Yeah, but like yeah. what I'm feeling is the, because yeah. I really emotionally connect to music. Like mm-hmm. Some people mm-hmm. listen, it doesn't bother. I very much am influenced by it. And so like the kind of music I listen to will dictate what's happening to me that day for sure. I'd say that's almost everybody. I know, but I don't want to. Whatever goes in comes out. Yeah, I'd like say there's that's shows, true. and people say, "Oh, you watch this show," and I don't want to say no because I think they're going to think I'm attacking them. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like personally, like I can't. Good examples: we watched this show, cool show, not even a bad show. So here's it, um, called the Long Way Around, where these guys mm-hmm. are riding motorcycles. It's a you um, yeah, McGregor and uh, some some other guy. I don't know. Anyways, they ride around the world, and they uh, they're like in Mongolia. And they're like pushing these bikes in the mud. It's pretty. It's a pretty cool like thing they're doing. But they're stuck. And Katie was pregnant, or maybe it was right. It was right after she had Lucy. So you know, you got that postpartum stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, she's like, I cannot watch this. It's just like day, just gray, and the music is all mm-hmm. like you know, sounds like somebody in the depths of Iceland made it. It's just sad. <laughs> she's like, I can't watch. And it's a totally cool show. We've mm-hmm. watched it since. But in that mm-hmm. moment, even we were mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel this in my body, like in my everything, yeah, in my yeah. bones. Yeah. yeah, that's resilience, identifying the things that are coming against your body, mind, soul, and spirit yeah. that would lower your capacity to feel resilient or have a healthy mind. Yeah, because it's yeah. not like I'm, you know, attacking, yeah. you know, Obi Wan Kenobi yeah. here, but yeah. I, I, you know, the, but it's like learning to recognize in yourself, like. Yeah. That thing and being good to yourself and saying, can I do it? You know, mm-hmm. like Paul talks about, is it permissible? Like, is that show anti-Christian? No, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it is permissible, but it's like, is it good? Exactly. Is it good for my mind? Is yeah. it good for my mind to do it? When you, when you read David in the Psalms, here's a guy who's meditating on the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And arguably his best mode was when he was just in the field with God. When he got in the palace and his mind was set on all these other things, he kind of got into some problems. When his mm-hmm. mind was set upon the Lord, it was like, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, that tells us something, doesn't it? Okay, so minds, you said there were three. Minds. La- language, okay, our language. language. Okay. So um, the power of life is, or death is in the tongue, right? Whoever guards his mouth preserves life. That's from Proverbs. Okay, yeah. Ephesians 4 is a little bit um, maybe more known about this idea of wholesome, let the wholesome talk come out of your mouth, right? Mm. Wholesome Thinking yeah. creates wholesome language. 
Sure, an overflow of the heart. Yes. The mouth speaks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So language, watching the language we speak to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we notice this more to children, right? Because we don't want to say harsh things to, to kids. Yeah. But um, even what we're saying to ourselves, whether it's in the mind or out loud, many times people will say things that are non-resilient thoughts, right? I can do. I can't do that. I'm not mm-hmm. good at this. Um, I don't have what it takes. Yeah. Right. This is where I have. This is where I struggle with. Though I think they're so helpful in some ways. I struggle with like enneagrams and things because I think they can teach us a lot about ourselves, you know. But when I counsel people, they say, they'll say, "Well, I'm just a," you know. I'll give you a good example. It's like we had a guy come in and do this disc assessment, and one of the personalities is like an otter, and he was like, "Well, the leaders are lions, and the goofy people are otters," and so. We had people who were fantastic leaders who were mm-hmm. otters, high I, or whatever that, you know, whatever yes. the Enneagram is. Yes. And so, but they would say all the time when they began to feel insecure or something would happen is they would say, well, I'm out, you know, I'm an otter. And it's just like what I am. And it was like, oh no, like you're a leader, like you're anointed. And they would speak these things over that weren't, I guess, technically untrue, because I mean, but they were ascribed in a way that was not producing fruit that I think would make them resilient. You know, somebody who's like, well, you know, people say this, well, I'm just not organized. Like, yeah, but you had to get here today. So you had to be somewhat organized. You had to get your clothes. You had to have clothes. You came from a home that you had to pay for. You had to drive in a car. You had to learn the rules of the road. You had to pay attention and you got here and you're speaking language that take, like, so you are organized. You're just not organized in that way. And so if you say, I'm not organized, then it becomes like something goes wrong. And it's, it's labeling like, yourself. Yeah, you're labeling. Yeah. And it's like yeah. people, again, if we're talking about bouncing back, I see that all the time. People don't bounce back because they're like, oh, I'm just a, I'm a this. Yes. It's like, yes. Oh, oh, that almost has nothing to do with the fire that was at your storage unit. You know what I mean? It's like Agreed. it's unrelated. Yes. But it becomes yes. everything. Yes. And about those different, that's true even of the Briggs-Myers, all those tests that people take personality or traits, um, leadership skills, that's meant for an assessment to learn how to better communicate with one another. Correct. Right? It's not meant to improve. It's not meant to label people or to, I don't know, kind of pigeonhole like, oh, well, this person needs to do this, this person needs to do that, right? It's helping us understand. We may still do the same task or the same ministry And just know that we're different enough in these ways. How can we complement each other? How is this going to work? So th- that's a misuse of, I think, a tool that people yeah. that people take from that. Um, but while we're talking about language, you get the idea of the mind. Whatever's in the mind is going to come out in language. Sure. And then after that, the next thing I'm thinking of is actions. So mind, language. Actions. Leads us to actions, right. right? So what would an action be? Um, acting in love comes from your mind living in love, mm. right? Okay. Your words speaking love. That's the first example I thought of. Yeah. And then you act in love. Those first two things can't or often are not yeah. going one way, and then all of a sudden your action pops out this way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So to be resilient in action, meaning, I don't know. Again, I don't mean to indict anyone either, but lately I'm in this. They can see you. I I know. Sorry. I'm in this phase of let's everyone get back in the game. Sure. Let's get get off the bench. What do you mean back in the game? Let's get to life. Whatever you were doing before, life happened to you. And I know a lot of people had a lot of losses, so I'm not minimizing anything. But no, whatever happened, whatever happened, yeah. it's time to move on from it, right? So it's time to, yeah. yeah. It's so hard. Easier even, you, than, even you saying, like, uh, move on from it, I'm like, oh, someone's going to be so pissed that I know, you just I'm sorry. That. It's in Again, love. Again, it's not it's like love. move on from the memory of somebody you lost. Oh, no, That's no, no. It's not move on no. from... Uh, um, tragic events or exactly. the, the, the result of things. It's not move on and forget things or uh, forget people or even yeah. 
um, be unwise with future policy or things. Exactly. Right. Or any of that. Yeah. It's not yeah. fun. You're saying like it, there's an emotional resilience that has locked people away. A mm-hmm. lack of emotional resilience that has locked people mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. that you're encouraging them to say. Yeah. Well, even a step further, I'm saying I'm so sorry so much stuff happened to so many people. And whatever help you need, now is the time to get it. Mm. Don't wait another three years, four years, five years, ten years. Let's start moving forward now. 2023, there's still time, right? Yeah. Um, Because the more time we let pass, um, the more difficult it becomes for most people, right? Mm. So getting back to whatever they did, all the dreams they let go, all the things they were doing, Right. Yeah. And yeah. so it's important to think about what wherever you were when you realized, wow, I could have used some resiliency back then and sure. I didn't have it. Um, we can't go back. So whatever mm. that time was and whatever the events, we there's no going back. We use those words a lot. Going back yeah. to normal, going back to this, going back to that. What actually happens, there's no parallel universe. So what actually happens is we pick ourselves up from today and we say, where am I going? And so if you were going here and now you find yourself here, there's no going back there. Because even if you um, were still doing what you were doing, you wouldn't be there anymore. Right. Sure. Nothing's the same. Yeah, nothing's nothing's the still same. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we, to get this concept of, oh, yeah. that's helpful yeah. to think life has moved on. Things have moved on. And so the things I'm wondering about don't that doesn't really matter. I'm kind of sure. spinning my wheels. Yeah. Instead, I can just look ahead and for the person of faith to say, yeah. what what does God want me to do today? Sure. What am I to do today? And as hard as it is to start thinking about being resilient, what have I got to change in my mind? Yeah. What are the things in my language or people I'm around's language um, that would be helpful for me to adjust so that I will have different actions? That's so good. I, uh, you know, I was boxing and training in boxing, and then we had this kid, and uh, I stopped boxing. And I started gaining weight because I thought, you know, I'd do Katie a solid and gain it all for her. She apparently gained none and uh, looked so fit. And I gained all of it on her behalf because I'm a gracious person. And that's how I love. Um, but I, uh, I've been putting away going to the gym because I gained weight. And I don't want to, no, no one's going to say anything. But in my brain, like, I'm going to catch flack. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to do it. But I'm like, dang it. Like, I was on top of it. And, but every week I don't go, it doesn't get better. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, with this idea of, you know, of um, improving my health, I'm like, today I'm just going to start and do it. And so I, you know, I did, I was like, okay, I'm going and, um, you know, I have a bag in my garage. I was like, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to start doing it. And, but to do it, I had to like put like a note on my phone that was like today, right? Like take that small yeah. step, right? there's like there's a phrase that we say of you know taking the small step the small step is the best place to begin i think it's just like doing that taking that step and making it happen but you find that resilience trickles into other areas of your life Mm -hmm. and and that's the thing that i think when i talk with people i try to encourage them it's like when as we talk about resilience is it's not like be emotionally hard no but be the kind of person that can handle the ups and downs and still be joyful and still Mm -hmm. bounce back and still wake up and see the sunshine and still find good things and smile at our kids and see the next generation fruitful. But I think you're right. It's like, it has to start in the mind. Then it has to be affirmed in our words and then it has to be lived out because if it's just in our mind, but we're not doing anything with it, eventually I think we kind of get vision fatigue or we kind of tell ourselves we already did it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we didn't actually do anything, you know? Yeah. Um, He didn't actually like, make that project happen. I, I follow a lot of creative people and like every four months they're like, I'm doing this project, get excited for me. And I'm like, okay, okay yeah. And then it does, the action never follows. Yes. And it's yeah. like, those all have to be linked. And then it's like, okay, we're going somewhere. Um, but I like that language because I think you're right. I think it's that point where we could look at emotional resilience and say, this is not a podcast where it's like, we're saying be tougher, you know, be no, strong, not you know, at all. wake up and grind and start like three businesses before lunch or else you're a loser, right? We're saying like, yeah. 
lot, who knows what's going to happen next year? I don't. I don't know what's going to happen when we leave this space, you know? But it's like, be the kind of person that can walk through those things. Yes, yes. So back to the boxing. Isn't it a relief? Isn't it freedom? <laughs> yeah. When you return to something and you realize you were the only one that was giving yourself grief. Oh, yeah. No one else. And so you can say, hey, I'm going to choose to stop that. Yeah. Oh, people say that about church all the time, and I never knew what they meant because I, oh. I work there. Um, but, you know, they haven't been around church. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, we're just excited for you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. The first five minutes before you walk in the door, like the Boston, are the worst five minutes. And then the next five minutes are the best because you're like, oh, no, everyone's just, everyone's just doing their own thing. They have their own mountains to climb. Yes. Like, I'm not even on the radar. You know, not in a bad way. At church, you know, you're friends. But even there, it's like, there's like, hey, good to see you, you know? And it's like, oh, that's really healthy. Now, maybe toxic places is not so much. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, those first five minutes, terrifying. But the other five mm-hmm. are amazing. And then you leave, like, refreshed. Like, oh, okay, you know what? Like, I can do that. Yeah. Um, Funny enough, people say that about their first time coming to counseling. Okay. Right? Maybe a little further down the road, they're like, hey, that first day, I almost didn't come in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was really like, oh, am I really going to do this? Um, and then after, you know, I meet you and it's like, oh, it's just a room, right? Yeah. And then left feeling like, oh, I'm glad I did that. As Isn't a count- that funny? Yeah. As, as a counselor, yeah. kind of as we're wrapping up, right? As a counselor, what, what, what would, as a therapist, what would you recommend, you know, somebody who's like, I'm not sure about this whole counseling thing. You know, I, I'm not like, let's say personally, like I don't love to go talk to people about my problems. Mm-hmm. But like I also have really good friends that I talk to very regularly, mm-hmm. so maybe it's different. Maybe that's not yeah. me. But I don't know, like, but then when I, I guess like I, I would say that was my old thinking when it comes to therapy. But then obviously yeah. as I've known you and more therapists, we've mm-hmm. a lot of therapists in our life, I'm like, okay, I didn't really have an understanding of what was happening. Yeah. Maybe at least within Christian counseling and therapy, because that's my scope. I don't, beyond that, I don't know. So I can't make any claims. But I know, like, especially a lot of guys, I've been like, hey, you should go. Like, I think that might help. Just personal recommendation. And they're like, oh, I don't know. They're, like, nervous about it. Like, do you, what would you, yeah. how would you encourage somebody? Especially for men, when they say, um, I'm really not sold on this. counseling I really don't want to come and tell somebody I don't know like probably the kind of worst parts about myself and I say I think it'd be a little odd if you wanted to fair right yeah yeah Yeah. I'm like who wants to do that man or woman yeah yeah. who wants to do that right Uh, there are uh, they they would definitely need therapy if you want to do yes like like, I really want to come and tell you yeah you're going to the right place so this that resistance (laughs) is typical and I'd say it's very healthy to say Mm -hmm. I haven't done this before I don't know really what's going to happen um in fact many people come to therapy because another family member or friend did and they're like oh okay it wasn't so bad you just do this, yeah. this, this. Um, this is what I learned. And they're like, what? You're learning things? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Christian counseling. There are some good books. There's, I mean, there are there is support. But there's also a time when your friends, because I'm a trauma-informed therapist, sure. I'll say there's a time that talking about something is not going to solve it for mm-hmm. you if it hasn't already. If you've already talked yes. about it, and then yeah, maybe talked about podcast, it, but yes, I love and then talked about so it, yes. yeah. um, more talk may not be your answer. Mm. Maybe some trauma-informed approaches mm. would be healthier. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But the resistance to counseling is understandable because it's against many of our um, uh, social beliefs, right? Um, you don't tell people your stuff. You don't air your family laundry. But maybe that's older school, right? Yeah. Uh, you just yeah. don't tell people things. You don't tell people your business, right? Yeah, I almost have yeah. the, the opposite experience where people are constantly posting about it on the internet, but they're not doing oh. anything with it. You know, oh. it's like, it'd be like, if uh, we do the emotional version of the physical version of this. Like, let's say you got shot 
and you were just constantly posting you're like i got shot today and you were sharing that you're like someone in my family shot me like my dad has issues and like <laughs> look and then we're like like sharing like reels of other people who got shot we're like look they also got shot and then we're like look at how it's festering and then we were like doing things and like throwing up and people are like hey that is that related to your wound and they're like don't tell me how to do my life like i'm just out here it's like it we do that like when i say we i mean like people my age i guess i would say okay uh or younger especially i notice uh it, it constantly emotionally it's like oh look at, i have trauma i'm you know like in trauma for my family uh, ha, 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 ha. But then, like, you meet with these people, and they're just, like, not happy at all. And I'm like, you should go to therapy. They're like, well, I'm already talking to everybody about it. It's like you're telling everybody about it. Exactly. But you're not getting healthy. Yeah. You're not. We, we not talk they're not renewing the mind, changing their language, or changing their actions. Exactly. Yes. And, and yeah. I'm guilty of that, too. It's like, well, I told everyone that it, this thing yeah. was dumb. It's like, yeah, yeah but what, what did you do with that? It's like, yeah. oh, I pushed that deep down inside. It's like, okay, cool. So the same thing is still happening that was happening 70 years ago. Yeah. yeah. It's just wears makeup now. Right. That's the only difference. Right. I'd like to say something really positive about young people, actually. Yes. yes. Because this is somewhat countercultural sometimes for them, and they still choose this yes. to say, these are the things I learned from my family of origin, and I'm choosing to put them down and yes. learn new skills. And so, because at a young age, they really needed to get tools. Because sure. they didn't learn, I mean, emotional resilience, much of it is modeled, yeah. right? Yeah. From other people's language and actions, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. And if they didn't get that, they're determined that they are going to gain those skills. And so they're doing therapy, they're around safe people, they're mm. reading books, they're trying really hard to change all these things. Totally. Um, and so because they had to experienced the things they did and had, say, depression, mm -hmm. I don't know, and say in high school or something, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, they learned some great skills that are yeah. life, These are, this is life skills, right? Yeah. And so they learned great things. So I don't know, if something happens in their 30s, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I learned some things. Yeah. I got to pull those things back up or maybe go back and get a refresher from something, a book, a therapist, a yeah. support group, something, right? Yeah, I agree. I yeah. think I have some friends and, uh, you know, people that, that I know and have either mentored me or I've mentored or different things. And even pastors I know now who are, have really had that be part of their journey towards wellness. And mm -hmm. I have so much respect for them. And I feel like they tackle things really well because, you know, maybe that wasn't modeled in their family to do that. But they took the time, which I think is incredible when you do something that's like hasn't been modeled for you. And they went out and they got therapy or they... Uh, you know, got any kind of coaching or guidance, right? Mm -hmm. And they sought that wellness. I mean, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And I, and I do love that. And I think the reason this podcast can exist right now, I think even is because this generation and the, the cultural moment we're having now wants that they're willing to say, yes. someone will listen yes. to this. It's like, you know, an hour and we'll say, oh, I actually care about that. Like I want to, I want emotional resilience or I want to understand it better so I can mm -hmm. help others and encourage others. I think that's, an incredibly positive place to be in if we don't lose lose sight of the objective and lose sight of the, the goal of, of wellness and of where we're going. It's not just talk to talk, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So having um, the idea that it's a skill. Yes. So that's maybe the biggest takeaway for some people today okay. is it's a, it's a skill. I can learn it. Perfect. Where do I need it? Where am I at here? How can I go back and review? How can I strengthen all of these and keep, this is a lifelong thing. I don't see a world where in the future we will not need to be resilient. Sure, yeah, if not more, right? Yes. Yeah, I read the last book in the Bible. I think we're going to need it. <laughs> yes. Um, so we're closing. What Any like final final encouragement, direction mm -hmm. you'd give somebody word? I know obviously it's, you know, it's not therapy. Again, like we're just, mm -hmm. we're chatting. Um, we're we're giving like you and I have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Everyone just gets to see what happens, you know, in yes. our conversations. Yes. Um, and uh, I feel like people are going to learn understand yeah. me more now that they've heard <laughs> you. Um, except you're like the really calm and and wise version of me. Um, but if I learned good stuff, I got it from you and you know and Dad too. We'll give yes. him a, we'll throw yes, him a bone. Yes, of course. Because um, he's pretty great. Um, 
but what would you give like final final encouragement to people today or just if there's any other note or direction you want to give them before we close really briefly to be positive about the experience of gaining skills towards resilience emotional resilience and then also perhaps watching how they impact other people's Mm. whether it's your child or significant other friend group how you impact their emotional resilience as well because how we speak to people and how we act towards people can impact their resilience in life too. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you thank for you. for coming on and chatting. I think it was fantastic. I think there's so much there that we could probably unpack for longer, but we, we mm-hmm. have this time, and, and uh, I I love it, and uh, we're so thankful that you're here, and to everyone listening, and to everyone watching, yeah, I just want to say thank you, and thank you for joining us on the Rest on Mission podcast, and again, we really, really want to encourage you that even the smallest step is the best place to begin. Thanks for listening to Rest on Mission. Rest on Mission is presented by Banner Church. Our host is Pastor Joshua Weisbrod. Our producer is Megan Fry. Make sure to subscribe and follow us online so you never miss an episode. For more information about today's episode, check out the show notes.